Well, good morning, everybody. We got uh, got a lot of new faces in again this morning. Thank you guys very, very much. Glad to see everybody here. Uh, my name is Casey. I'm one of the pastors here. Thank you again, Pete. Man, that was beautiful. Hey, is this uh, not a cup holder? Is that cool? Okay. <laughs> I was like, last time I got yelled at, I said, like, "Hey, don't put that extra there. the expensive stuff." But uh, no, I just want to make sure I don't mess anything like that because I'm, I'm like I need a table or something here. So sometimes I get kind of dry and I got to take a little sip. But I figured I'd just get back. You know what I could do? I just get a big old straw. Just come in and come over and just, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> I don't know where stuff comes from, man. You guys know. Well, guys, again, uh, good, welcome, everybody. And if you didn't get a Connect card and you're new, we would love to be able to connect with you uh, slash stalk you a little bit. Um, no, I'm kidding. But um, well, some of people are like, yeah, you kind of stalk me. But, it's, you know, we're, we're, we want to help people understand who Jesus is and grow in the Lord and find out what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what we do. That's how we roll. So if you guys don't know, and, and we have been in what's called the story for, man, believe it or not, almost a year. It was last May when we launched the story. And the story is an abridged version of the Bible. It is, uh, it is, it is something basically that we don't use to replace the Bible it is something that we believe the Bible is the inerrant and inspired Word of God. It is the complete Word of God. And all the story is is a tool to point you to a better understanding of the Scriptures. And we've been going through that. So essentially what we've done is we've gone through in the entire Bible and we finish with the story uh, today, actually, is the last of the, it's, it's actually chapter 31. And so for uh, all this time I've always said, hey, it's not too late to pick up the story and catch up with us. Uh, today it's too late. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're done, man. It's, it, it, is, it, is the, it is the culmination of that. Uh, we should probably have a story party, but we're not that good of a planner. So, um, but I, yeah, I do want to just, it's not too late, though, to pick it up and kind of, if you're, especially if you're wondering about, you know, what does the Bible mean? How do I understand it? It really is a good, good tool to help you hit some of the highlights. And it's written in chronological order. So you say, okay, so this happened and then this happened and this kind of thing happened. So if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we went over the life of Paul and his mission work and all the things that he did. What's that? Y'all hear that? What's that? Is it the wind? All right, cool. Because my paper's going to bust. why I brought my phone up here. Is that what it is? Oh, that's what, okay. I was like, man, that's wow. So thank you, babe. Um, that's my lovely wife, Judy, by the way. Um, yeah, give her a hand. She can't. Are we gonna have? That's <laughs> uh, cool. No, but uh, we a couple weeks ago, if you remembered that, I thought it was like like Jesus coming back. I'm like, all right, right oh, okay. Roll of thunder. Um, it's cool, man. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, uh, okay. All right, let me get back on track here. Two weeks ago, we, we studied about the life of Paul and his mission work and all the things that he did, the letters that he wrote, that kind of thing. And this is a guy that, that was a persecutor of Christians, a killer of people like me and you. And so we're reading, when we read the New Testament, most of the New Testament is written by, by Paul. And he wrote, he wrote letters to the churches, he wrote letters to the, to the different, uh, different pastors, that kind of thing. And, and so we can learn what it, how to do church, how to do all that kind of stuff by reading the scriptures of Paul and, and all the New Testament, as a matter of fact. How do we do church? That's how we go by, uh, that's, I mean, basically we go by the scriptures about what it means to do church. And I can't tell you how many times we've had to help people that are new to the church, help them to unlearn what church 
is because they've been taught a different kind of gospel or they've been taught a different kind of church or they've been called caught a uh, something else it just isn't you know and we help we have to help people unlearn that a little bit this week this is the final week of the story like i said and we're going to go through basically the end times what it means and we're going to specifically talk about the book of revelation because the story talks mostly about about revelation and i want to give you guys a little bit of a disclaimer because uh, I know everything there is to know about Revelation. It's awesome. So if you, why are you all laughing? What's it? Yeah, you know me, right? Like, I don't know. Shoot, why y'all ask me these questions? I don't know what these things covered in eyeballs are type of stuff, right? So, I mean, but, but understand something. Because I, 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 was, I was a youth pastor for about six years. And uh, yeah, man, you was one of my youths, one of the overground. And, and one of the things that, that is, is crazy about every quarter, I would have a youth come up to me and say, I think we need to do a, a study on Revelation. Because, I, you remember, right? I, we need to do a study on Revelation. Because, man, I, I just want to know what the end times are about. And, and, and to be honest with you, it kind of freaks me out. It's kind of scary. And, and I want to kind of, kind of talk a little bit about that. Like, like what Revelation is all about. Because if you, see, if you want to know kind of what Revelation is, Revelation is, a, a, is called the Revelation of Jesus Christ. To, and he, he gave it to John, who was one of Jesus' disciples. He was on an island in, uh, called Patmos, and he had been exiled to that for his belief in the faith in the Lord. In fact, he was the lone surviving disciple. All the other disciples had died and been actually killed for their faith. And he was exiled on this island. And Jesus comes to him, and he, does, and he gives him several visions and lots of different things. But he, first off, what he does is he judges the churches, and he judges seven specific churches uh, in the book of Revelation, and he, and he calls out some of the good stuff that they're doing, and he calls out some of the bad stuff they're doing, the good stuff being things like, he says, I, I, I appreciate your good deeds that you do. He says, I appreciate the suffering that you go through. I appreciate the perseverance and the faith in the, in the midst of great persecution. I love that you guys are doing that, and even in weakness, even when you're tired, even when you're, you're worn out, you never deny me. I love that about you, and then he says, however, you do some things that I don't like, and you forgot your first love in, some, in one of the churches, did that? They, which is, they forgot about truly loving God. They, thought, they were more concerned about doing church right, right? Or doing, like, like, like gathering together properly rather than, for, than, than loving God first. He said, I'm calling out false teaching. Man, is that a, that's like, a, that's like a, an epidemic in, in our church, in the American church, false teaching. Is going on right now it's it's really a, a true sickness but he's calling it out 2,000 years ago right compromising allowing folks to continue living in sin he says I don't like that it's not my, it's not what I'm dying for right and I and I, what I call is he, he calls out something what I like to call is a flesh fire like people getting all excited and everything like that not in the spirit but in the flesh that like you look alive but in reality you're, you're a dead church and, and then he finally calls out the church to be for being lukewarm you're neither hot like on fire have a have a red hot faith for me or you're neither cold you deny me or you whatever compromise you you're kind of in the middle you're trying to figure yourself out he goes of those people that are in the middle lukewarm i will vomit you out of my mouth wow that's crazy stuff you see we can get caught up in those details man we can get caught up in 
Like, man, I want to know what, what it means to, what revelation means, because I'm, I'm trying to figure out whether it's post-trib, pre-trib, mid-trib, pre-millennial, amillennial, post-millennial. I want to know what Gog and Magog is. Is that China? Is it Russia? I don't want to know all that. I want to know about this beast coming out of the sea, right? Because that seems like awesome, man. I don't want to see if it's symbolic or literal and that kind of thing. I want to know about the seven bowls and these plagues and the locusts. Man, this freaks me out. The locusts with the scorpion things and the stingers and the human faces, man. I want to know who the Antichrist is. I want to know it all. I want to know, I want to know, I want to know, I want to know. But I'm going to give you like a rundown, a real quick summary of, of Revelation. I need somebody to time me, though. Somebody got a timer? First service, I did this in nine seconds. I'm going to try to beat it. Can we do it? Nine-second review of Revelation. Tell me when to go. Christ is coming back. It's going to get wild. And for true believers, it will be wonderful for his church. How'd I do? Woo! Man. Boom! It's a record, y'all. It's a record. That's what we need to know. Amen? I mean, we can get caught up in the details, and it's okay to study, and it's okay to figure that stuff out. But, man, I'm telling you what. Christ is coming back. It's going to get crazy. And for us... True believers, he's taking us back. That's cool, man. I mean, I don't approach Revelation like, man, that's scary. And man, it shouldn't be. It should be exciting. It should be something that we look forward to. Not the stuff, that, that, not the suffering. Nobody, nobody's dumb to look forward to suffering. But I'm talking about like Jesus fulfilling what he has been saying has been coming, the victory that we get to be a part of. Amen? Revelation. Is about the end times. And you can start filling this stuff out in your bulletin or on your app. Either way. See, the issue is, and here's where I want to kind of help us understand Revelation a little bit more. Did you enjoy the six-second summary? I'm going to help us understand that a little bit more, too. See, the Revelation is a culmination of everything we, need, we have learned up, in, up into the New Testament. And one of the things I tell people all the time is that you need to understand the first century culture before you can understand more fully the, uh, the New Testament, if you will. So, because there are some cultural things that happen that we miss because we don't do them like that. Specifically, one of those things is how Hebrew weddings are done. And you're going to think, like, what does it matter? What, 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 what are you talking about Hebrew weddings? What does that have to do with end times? I'm going to tell you. See, in the Hebrew wedding, the whole way this works is that, by the way, I just got through uh, marrying off my daughter and spending a whole bunch of money. I had to get, like, a second job to, to marry her off and everything like that. I'm, I, I, if I'd have known this, I would have probably asked to be Hebrew and said that because the, the, the husband or the husband's father actually pays for the wedding. I'm like, hey, hey I'm a Hebrew right now. For, for, for like six months, I'll be Hebrew. That's cool. But this is, that's how it worked in the, in, the, in the first century, the Hebrew culture, and this is still going on some today. But what happens is there's this big party when, when, the, when a groom wants to ask a bride to marry him. They're, they have this big party, and ultimately he says, will you marry me? And I know he says it in Hebrew, but I don't know it in Hebrew. He says, will you marry me? If she accepts the proposal, she takes a drink of the wine. She accepts that. She drinks from the cup. Then he, re he leans into her and says, I have to go prepare a place for you in my father's house. It's starting to sound familiar a little bit, right? This is what Jesus said in the New Testament. I, I'm preparing a place for you in my father's house. If she asks, how long will it take? He's to tell her, only my father knows. And so what he does, he doesn't go build her a house. He builds onto the house of his 
father. He adds an addition to the house. And only when the father says, it is ready, you can bring your bride home. When he gives that approval, the groom-to-be can go into the, into, the, into the town where she lives. And essentially, usually in the middle of the night, in the dark of night, he brings his homeboys with him. They make all this noise. I'm coming to get you, girl. Right? And kind of tries to surprise her. It's kind of like a, like a surprise party. But, but see, here's what she does. And if you remember the t- parable of the ten virgins, they, they, they actually light a candle and put it in the window because she could see. She's like, I, I heard it's ready. Looks like it's getting close. Looks like the time for the groom to come back is near. I'm going to light a candle. I'm going to be ready for whenever he comes. He ain't going to surprise me, right? I'm ready. And in Matthew 24, 36, when the disciples were asking Jesus, what is it going to look like? When is this going to happen? He says in verse 36, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son. He's talking about himself, but only who? The Father. This is wedding language. You catch the parallel of that. Only the Father knows when I come back. At the Last Supper, Matthew 26, verse 27 through 29, it says, Then he took a cup, and he's, he's, he's with his disciples, right? And he's about to go into this, this time where he's going to be crucified. And the next day, and he says, when you have, He took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you. Where? This is wedding language. We miss it so many times we don't understand it. John 14, 1 through 6, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You, You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. That if, if that were not so, would I have told you what? That I'm going to prepare a place for you. He's asking him this question. And he's saying, I've already told you. This is marriage language, right? And, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and what? Take you. With, to be with me that you also may be where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord... We don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, I want to kind of help us understand a couple of quick things, man, because some of you guys are like being married to Jesus. That just sounds weird to me, and it sounds kind of weird to me, too. It kind of bugs me, frankly, when I hear somebody from the stage go, I'm just throwing in love with Jesus. Like, oh, man, golly, man. Seriously? Because it bugs me a little bit. But understand something, it's not a sexual thing. It's not a homo, hetero type of a thing. This is a, a union, a spiritual union that Christ has asked us to be a part of. And we get to be a part of it if we take that cup, right? And accept that proposal. It's really a remarkable thing. See, Christ is preparing a place for us, is he not? Y'all can amen anytime y'all want to, all right? We must also prepare for that place our hearts must be prepped our hearts must be ready for the bride for the bridegroom to come and get us the bride matthew 24 3 to 14 
as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us. They said, when will this happen? They're talking about the end times, right? And what will be the sign of your coming and the, the end of the age? What's it going to look like? I want answers. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. Hey, have, have, have a few people done that over the last couple thousand years? Like, I'm here. I'm God. I'm Jesus. I'm the... Yeah, happens a bunch, right? You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Is that last hundred years? We had a few. More than at any time in history, right? We have, have had, some people think we're in the Third World War, but we've actually had two others for sure, right? Maybe history will call this one the World War that we think we, we don't really know. But there's wars going all over the place, right? But see to it that you are not alarmed. Oh no, ISIS is coming. Don't be alarmed. Amen? Amen. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all the nations because of me. As this is not a... This is not a very good uh, marketing strategy. Oh, yeah, it's going to be hard. You're going to be hated, but it's going to be worth it. You in? Yeah. It's like, no. Wow. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow what? Cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be what? And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as the testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. There's got to be some things, but we're starting to see the beginning of birth pains, aren't we, right? We've had wars that we talked about already. Has there been, been lots of uh, famines? Like, yeah, I mean, we got like telethons going on all the time. I mean, we got commercials about famines. We got all kinds of things happening throughout the, throughout the world. Uh, have there been extra earthquakes, have you noticed? Like, all of a sudden you keep turning up. Man, there's been another... Did you guys feel that? I think it shook today. I mean, even here, right? But look at this, man. I was uh, actually this week, because I'm a freak, um, I was doing this, uh, this statistical analysis. I'm trying to get all these numbers together, and I was looking on the U.S. government, you know, earthquake.org something or other, and I was looking at, like, trying to figure out, and I was putting numbers in, and I was like, trying to get an average of the number of earthquakes that have happened and all that kind of stuff, and all of a sudden my Excel went pshh. You, you Mac people uh, love that because I, I got a PC, and you're like, I told you. But it just went down, right? I mean, and it would not come back. I'm like, come on, I've been working on that for like an hour and a half, right? And then I came across this graph, and I was oh, it did all the work for me. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I didn't tell you I was that smart, right? <clears throat> just got to be patient. But look at this, man. This is the magnitude of, of 6.99 on the Richter scale. I don't know who Mr. Richter is, but he sure does measure earthquakes well 6.99 or 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 larger this is this is like the big ones this is like the major ones right from 1863 to 1900 that's a 38-year span there were 12 of those major earthquakes from 1901 to 1938 there were another the next 38 years there were 53 like it's increasing right from 1939 to 1976 when star wars came out and rocky 70 amen (laughs) 71 of those major earthquakes, but look what's happened in the last 36 years from, from 2011 to ni- or 1977 to 2011. 
Guys, there's 164. It, 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 it's happening, right? This is, this is what Jesus said. This is what's going to come. And so we got to get like, prepared as, a, as the bride of Christ, right? It's coming. Wars, rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes, all that kind of stuff. Shouldn't freak us out. Man, should be like, whew, let heaven come. Sorry, Pete, my bad. <laughs> if I can't rap it, I can't sing it, so. And so let's get into Revelation, understanding all that. Can we do that? Revelation 21, starting in verse 1. It says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had what? Passed away. Praise God, because I'm getting tired of this. Amen? I'm personally getting tired of the sickness. I'm getting tired of the deterioration. I'm getting tired of the death. I'm getting tired of the stress. I'm getting tired of the bills. <laughs> yeah. Amen to that. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Ah, oh, the new city. Coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride. Prepared as a what? A bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. And they will, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them and their God. Verse 4, what does he say he does? He'll do what? Wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Hey Amen. I'm ready, man. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So to the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my, my children. New city. The church is the bride of Christ, amen? We got to get ready for this groom to come. We don't see this a lot. And I want to, you guys know, man, I'm a little strange when it comes to preaching and stuff. Some of the things that God tells me to say, I'm like, this week's kind of no different because what I'm about to say is only shocking because it's true. But, and when I'm, when I'm thinking about this, like, how do, we, how do we treat the bride? So I'm not talking about necessarily anybody in here. I don't have anybody in mind, nothing like that. I'm talking about our culture, our American culture, our culture that's comfortable and safe. How do we treat this, this bride of Christ? How do we treat her? Some people treat her with just apathy. I don't care. You know, I, me, and, me, and, me and Jesus are all right, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I, and I, just, I just crack up at some of those people, not in a funny ha-ha way, but just like a, seriously? What do you mean you don't need the church? You can't have... It's, it's kind of like somebody telling me, Casey, I like you, but I don't like Judy very much. I'd be like, well, you don't like me then, you know? <laughs> really. Some people treat her with just neglect, like I don't care about her at all. But where I wrestled with God this week, 
Like, God, should I say this? And he's like, you know, I, I said it a lot in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But I think we treat her as a prostitute. And I think we treat the church a lot of times as a, as a prostitute. I mean, as long as she satisfies me, as long as she tells me what I want to hear, as long as she dresses the way I like, as long as she listens to the same music I like, as long as she meets my needs, I'll grace her with my presence, I guess. As long as she does what I want her to do, I throw a little change. What's your price, girl? 10%? Let's negotiate that. And if you don't like it, there's another one right down the road. Man, looks like she's really happy to see me. She probably wants my money, too. You ever thought about that? You ever thought about that? We do that to her, don't we? Our culture is full of people that do that to her. And we think somehow, we, we, and we accept it, and we go... Yeah, you should find a place that you feel comfortable in. Bull crap. You should find a place where you can serve and do what God said to do. Amen? I know this is strong. And I know this hurts. But it only hurts because it's true. It makes us pause because it's true. I got tears. I see tears because it's true. May we weep for her. But also... That ain't the end of the story. See, those of us who are truly part of the body of Christ, the body of this bride, we have the opportunity to serve her. We have the opportunity to bless her. And the way we do that is that we don't get into this bubble like, I want my needs met, I want my stuff done, I want to do what I want to do. It's like, how can I help people feel connected even if I don't feel connected because I love others as I love myself? How do I make other people feel like family when I think, I don't feel like family here. How do I make others feel that way? All of a sudden, guess what will happen? You'll be connected. You'll feel like family. It's an amazing, incredible thing when we do it God's way. Amen? And may we be the church that truly does do and, and like it, that is ready for the bride, to be, uh, the bridegroom to come back for his bride. May we be prepared in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, and in absolutely every way. And so, we don't want to be caught in the arms of another lover when he comes back, amen? And so, here's what I want to do. We're going to do communion today. And I know we've got a baptism that Miss Soraya, I'm so excited for her here in a little bit. There's what I want to do, man. I want us to be thinking a little bit differently about this communion today, this Lord's Supper we're going to talk about, we're going to take in today. What I want us to understand is that when we take this cup and we drink it, right, we are accepting this proposal. This holy matrimony, not this weird thing that we somehow like married to a guy, dudes. No, no, I'm talking about the spiritual union that Jesus wants forever and all eternity with his bride. 
We are the bride. Amen. Father, thank you for sending your son. Thank you for doing what you have done. Thank you for being the kind of God that you are that should probably squash us like a bug, could squash us like a bug if you wanted to, but you are so gracious and so wonderful that you have given us this opportunity and you have not demanded our hand, you have asked for it. And Lord, as we take this cup and, and, and drink this bread, may we remember that we accept this proposal and with an emphatic and excited yes. That is in your son's name, Lord, we pray. All New City Church says, amen. amen.